our first episode of Moms and Margaritas, and I am extremely excited for this first episode. And we have here our guest speaker, CJ Escobar, that she's going to tell us a little bit about her story. She's a mom of two, a veteran, married to a veteran. So here we go, CJ Escobar. Uh, hi, CJ. Hi. How are you? How are you? Hi. Good. 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 How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for asking. So I gave a little quick, little brief introduction about yourself. But do you want to go a little bit further in about who you are and why do you want to tell your story today? I've done this before, so <laughs> me neither. Um. <laughs> So, um, well, I'm a full-time student at Full Sail University. That's how I met Estefania. Um, I'm having lots of fun with my degree and I'm actually about five classes to graduation. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, so yes, I do have two kids and then one of them is autistic um, or has autism. And um, today, I guess I wanted to talk a little bit more about my own experience. He's 11 years old now. Um, I've been through a lot of the beginning process that maybe a lot of moms are struggling right now. Um, and I just wanted to probably just shine a line, a light to those moms that are struggling with, with understanding autism and themselves as well, because it's a change. It's, it's, I, I say once a person has autism in the house, everybody needs to have autism because we all have to adjust to everything. So it's, yeah. it's, it's an adjustment. Yeah, no, definitely. I have a couple friends that um, their kids have autism. Um, some were diagnosed late, some were diagnosed early. Um, and I think that part has a, a huge impact of the timing of the diagnosis um, when it comes to the children, because the later it is, the harder I feel it might be for families to try to adjust to that because yeah. you have no answers until that moment. Um, so um, I thank you for bringing this to light and um, being able to share your story. Um, so this leads to the question of how old was your son when he was diagnosed with autism? He was, uh, I believe he was a little bit over 16 months. So a year and, don't kill my math, a year and something, four months. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't understand that's another subject of like 24 16 he's yeah. one or two I, three yeah <laughs> he's, he's one year and a couple months old um when we discovered what he got his diagnosis however I was observing him since he was um a little over a year for probably like after he hit the one year mark that's when I started to see different things or the lack of development and that's that, that's something that I always 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 tell moms um, just always watch for their milestone that's what saved me from a lot of you know from, from getting his diagnosis too late because I was I was a first-time mom I was away from home I moved from Puerto Rico to England so I was miles and miles away from my family and I didn't have anybody 
So I had to rely on the internet and my research to get the answers that I needed. The answer to everything, I am going to research about it and I'm going to find the answers. So I wasn't, I, I didn't know what to do with my son. Like I have a life growing in here and I know I have to feed him, but what else do I need to do? So I started to research um, the milestones like what they're supposed to do by this month, by this age, by this and this and that. And I started to observe my son and I'm like, okay, he's doing this, he's doing that. And I used to play with him. And the first thing that I started to notice is that he stopped looking at me. After he was probably about 10 months, um, he stopped looking at me. He started, he stopped to, to have eye contact with absolutely anybody. And for me, that was a little bit strange. So I started to talk with his, um, his doctor and he said, well, I don't see anything too, too bad, but yes, the lack of eye contact, it might be a sign that something is wrong with the, with the child. So um, they sent over a therapist to kind of play with him. I started to notice that he wasn't fully engaging with the therapist. So he was in his own mind. And after, at that time, what they were really worried about was the talking. And he was still babbling and doing um, his googly sounds and stuff. He was trying to repeat um, and he did, he was saying mom. So they too much attention to the lack of wanting to engage because he was still very young. So they would say like, oh, okay, um, it's probably he hasn't developed that yet. Social skills are in another category. Um, so we let it alone. When he turned one, that's when all the signs just hit at once. He stopped, the, the lack of eye contact continued, um, and he stopped saying mom. His uh, speaking was completely different. He just went back to the babbling and he would not say mom at all. And I was started, you know, that that's when he hit me, like, what's going on? I know he was developing just right, he was okay until he reached that one year mark and then just everything regressed really, really bad. And he wasn't talking and then he started to throw tantrums, like horrible, horrible tantrums that you wouldn't expect a kid to have a tantrum till like probably um, two years. That's when they started to test Terrible. you. Yeah, the terrible twos. That's when they start testing you and, and, and they start, well, I'm going to throw this tantrum to see if mom gives me that toy or that candy or that's something that I want. But he started to do it very, very early. And with no reason, he would get hungry. He would start crying. And it was just an unbearable amount of crying and tantrum throughout the day. So that's, that's what um, it led me to go to the doctor. Like, he's not talking. He's not um, engaging in playing. He's not looking at me. He's not repeating, not even trying to repeat words. So I would talk to the to the boy, and 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 he would just not acknowledge that I was in the room, and that was extremely worrisome for me because I'm like, uh, is he? Is there something wrong with his um, audition? 
it was completely fine because he would definitely ignore you he would not respond to absolutely anything so those were the first tests that that they did on him to make sure that there wasn't something wrong with his audition um and he was fine he was completely fine and that's where they say okay so there is something going on in here and that's when I started to to just ask and, and look and search for answers and therapists and help here and there to just you know guide me to what was going on wow that's a lot for the first year yeah. of a child's life like it's like okay milestone milestones milestones wait no more what's happening and, and a new yeah. mom so you don't have any comparison of like to another children yeah where are you been around kids and things like that but nothing like having your own child and living with them and it, it's I feel like if you weren't so much on it the doctors probably would have never even told exactly. you like these little exactly. things yeah it's okay but he's developing and then all of a sudden boom it's like it, he, your, your son was saved by you because you were so on it. So that's remarkable because some parents tend to ignore it a lot. Yeah. You hear stories like that. Oh, I saw it, but I thought it was just him. And then they don't realize it too much later on. So props to you for, for being on it. And, and yeah, that's amazing. Um, but so once if you had an idea and you had that feeling, how did you feel when the doctors did confirm that for you um well first i didn't know anything about autism nothing and um i'm a firm believer of god and i will always talk to him like what's going on and what's going on you know i do my own prayers like a, just a regular conversation and it's like talking to myself but i, I know that he's listening to me And I remember we were in Guam at that time. I remember that I didn't know absolutely anything about autism. And one day there was a commercial of, uh, it's just this artist, uh, Braxton. Tony Braxton? Bra yes, Tony Braxton. Okay. Her son has autism. Mm -hmm. And she was doing a commercial about it. And the kids were watching cartoons and stuff. And then I suddenly see this commercial and I looked at it and I'm saying, no, I immediately said, no, I'm like, no, no, no. I was talking to myself and just rejecting the commercial for whatever that was. Because I didn't and I didn't want it to research. I did not want it to look into what autism was. I knew that I did not want my son to have it. I was looking at the commercial and I was just immediately rejecting the commercial, rejecting probably the message that I was having. And I did not research, you know, and I know I'd like to research everything. I did not want to research that. So I ignored the commercial for a couple good months. And we finally have that, um, that appointment with the doctor. He did the test and everything. And I remembered that Uh, I I went muted. I I was like everything went on mute. I saw the doctor was moving his lips, but I did not hear anything after he said he has autism. 
I just went blank, like out of out of air. <laughs> I I was yeah. off air for that moment. I completely blame myself behind this event because I was like, this is my first child, and I I messed it up. Like, what did I do wrong? What What did I do wrong? You know, what did I do to him to to make him like that? And for me, it was the worst thing in the world. I, you know, and the doctors they have to tell you the worst case scenario. And obviously, none of those worst case scenarios are cute. They don't have a good ending. So it was extremely hard for me to listen to the doctor said he has autism, and then explaining he will probably would never be able to talk and socialize. Um, he will have struggles with with having friends, with this, with that, probably with eating, with everything. You know, um, he was putting it in the in in one of the hardest spectrum of the autism spectrum, which was um, non-functional because he wasn't, he, the way my son was, it was very worrisome because he would not acknowledge that you were there. So why is that worrisome? It's because the dangers that they put themselves in is just incredible when they are not aware of what's going on around them, it's extremely dangerous. So yeah, I I was lost. I was lost. I was extremely sad. Um, I blame myself. And it took a lot of time for me to kind of recover from that and and separate one thing from the other, which is, I, I mean, as a regular mom, you know, you have to, um, separate what's the woman in you, what's the mother in you, what's the wife in you. There's so many roles in our in in our lives that we have to know how to separate one from the other so you don't get everything at once and be everyone at once. So being a mom with autism, that was another part that I had to separate from me too. So I didn't like, so I wasn't, I didn't want it to, um, I didn't want it to have that guilt in me. So I had to separate that. I have a son with autism and I have a daughter with no autism to be able to actually function and see him as a child that needed help. Because if I continue to look at him as my son that has autism, I will have this mindset of of probably that guilt that I had in me it will just continue and I would not have the heart to work with him as if I did what I did which was you know I'm no longer a mom at this point I know this child needs my help I need to treat him as an individual not as my son right now because he does not need me um, cuddling him and bothering him. Yeah, yeah. He does not need that. I need to separate that from helping him because he needs help, not me right now. He needs help. So that was one of the hardest things that I had to go through with, you know, with being a mom. Yeah, I, I, I can't even imagine. 
like being told that then trying to adjust your whole life now because it is a whole life change because now you got to involve therapies find a good school how's he gonna make friends you have to work you're worrying about their future without their future being there yeah and you already do that as a as a as a, a mom period now you got to think of like all these other additional steps for that future um but i also think doctors paint this horrible picture yes it's their jobs but they don't give you any sense of hope either that it'll be yeah. okay <laughs> um and i think that's the most difficult part as you mentioned being told that diagnosis and then trying to figure that out but then not having that support of hope from the people that diagnosed it for you um so it, it, it's it, it's insane <laughs> to to yeah. know all these things um so as you went through this whole transition of like milestones milestones one you he got diagnosed you went through those feelings what what can advice can you give to parents to look out for those signs but also on how to intake that news and what to do right after that um <clears throat> my first advice for parents is always have a list of milestones just have have a website that you trust i back then i love babycenter.com um it's it's so easy to use and for me it was everything because you can input their their age even when you're pregnant and they they go with it with you they send you emails and messages and what they should do by this age like congratulations you shall turn two months by this age they should be doing this this reason that and they guide you so 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 well that i completely love that website and um and that's then that's the, the the page that definitely helped me with the milestones i followed everything there um and i like that they also give you that little um little window of your child might not be doing it right now every child is different and that is a very good message to give to parents because they think like oh no my kid needs to do this by this age another thing that i would like to advise them is to not compare them you know following what baby center will will tell you as well don't compare them with any other child your child would definitely develop at their own uh, at their own pace however yeah look for those signs because they will be there for every child um give it if they're not developing this by this amount of time give it a little bit of time and work on that because they might not develop that themselves it might be that us as parents forget that they have to develop certain skills and don't work that with the kids so for example age appropriate toys it's very important. Age appropriate cartoons are very important. Age appropriate um, activities are extremely important. So have the kid go through every important age appropriate task so they can develop motor skills, um, comprehensive skills, 
developing skills. All of that is very, very important. And the kid will let you know, you, you shall, <laughs> you shall will let you know when it's ready for the next, the next, next task. It, yeah, they will definitely let you know. Um, so then just watch for those signs, make sure that you play with them, that you interact with them, try to get them attention. That um, sometimes we do it because it's our babies, but that is extremely important. When we look at the baby or our child and we try to do um, different faces for them to react, that's extremely important. So keep doing that, keep having the baby um, try to react to your face, um, to different faces, to noises, because that will get the brain going. That will get them think like, oh, what is that face that mommy is doing? What is that noise that mommy is doing? What is that? You know, that those kind of reactions is what you want to have on your child. If you keep doing faces and you try to get their attention and they're just not paying attention to you, just look how many times they do that and why. Why they do after that. Um, what they are doing while looking at you, if they're looking at you at all. If they kind of hear you, but they don't look at you. You know, all of those things are very important. And just make sure that their their um, their eyes, you know, Dr. Sheck appointments are very important too. They'll look if they audition problems, audition problems, and all of those could definitely affect. Once you have the, your diagnosis, let's hope, you know, less people have a diagnosis like this. But when, and if you do, don't blame yourself. Don't blame yourself and don't try to look for answers. Don't try to, uh, I, I've seen a lot of moms that, what caused it? They want to have answers, just don't. Don't, because it just doesn't help the development. It doesn't help anything. It's already there. You have to deal with it. You have to deal with it. You, you can go back and see what happened because this is not a cold. This is not a cold flu that you can say, well, where did you get it? Oh yeah, we went to this park and there was a kid that had a runny nose. No, this is not a cold and flu. This is a mental development thing that you have to work on it right when you get the diagnosis you can't go back so don't blame yourself just work on it don't compare your child with any other one because there is a reason why it's called autism spectrum it is a huge spectrum not every kid has it the same not every kid has the same um and i also know that uh, that some girls have it it's not very common in girls but if they do, same thing. Don't try to look for answers on why, but if she's a girl, it's impossible. No, I know it might be in a nature to ask why me, but it just doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help. So yeah, once you get a diagnosis, just work on it and, and just look at your child as an independent person because there will definitely come the time where your child is just gonna look at you and you're gonna be the enemy. The enemy, like literally straight, you are the enemy. So we have to separate those feelings. You have to 
and I think that your child just needs a hug right now because probably your child is working through something and by us trying to cuddle our child we are blocking that development um, growth that they're going through so that's that's very important and yeah that's probably the best thing I can say going forward through through the our diagnosis is just separate the mom and and the therapist that your child needs yeah um, and that's hard <laughs> that it's easier said than done um, I know so because even now um, I bet he's 11 and there's still things that he does and he's much older but you still kind of want to run like the mommy in you and, and help but it has to be tough for you to stop and help that's the way of you helping him continuing on going to the next milestones of his life mm -hmm. so um does, so then that leads to my next question um so i'm figuring he has gone through therapy is he still going through therapy and if he is which type of therapy do you think is making the most difference for him he's no longer in therapy he was um discharged from everything back in I would say fourth grade yeah by four by the end of fourth grade he was discharged from his IEP he was discharged from everything um, speech devil um, occupation everything yeah. yeah yeah he was discharged from everything the therapy that did the most number in him was um, behavioral therapy was excellent and that's where that's where I learned a lot of the skills that I have today um, and how I work with him that's how I learned them because um, the therapist will go home I had to exit the room because I wasn't allowed there the first few times I still had the mommy like oh no um, he's screaming at the therapy no we don't scream at therapists we don't scream at people oh no he's hitting the therapy it's like oh my gosh no you don't do that and I was um, getting in the middle of everything and the therapist just had to tell me don't do that anymore when I'm here you don't exist when I'm here <laughs> you cannot come and interrupt absolutely anything even if he's hitting me even if he's yelling even if he's uh throwing something you cannot do anything and i will often just go i think that's why i lost so much weight by that time because <laughs> i will be so nervous and i would just walk around the block for i don't know for how long and then just come back home and just face everything and i don't know i sometimes would have to hide in my room and just cry or just it was so hard it was so hard because it is i know what you said like it is said it is easier said than done and it's true it is true you there's no switch for us moms to say oh no i'm just not your mom today i'm your therapist right now no, because we have the urge of teaching them you don't bite, you don't scream, you don't throw, you don't hit. And there is that other side where we have to like, what do you want? And help the child through 
their tan their tan communication like, way because yeah. that's the way that they're communicating because they don't know how exactly. else to express it yeah exactly so it 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 was it was really hard and after those few therapy sessions where I will just break down and cry um, I stayed I stayed and I worked worked through myself as well and and I wanted to see the process and his room layout changed so many ways um, he had toys and stuff in his room those were taken away um, I only left plushies in his room because he would get so angry that he would throw everything and it was dangerous for him of course yeah. and then he would not have a dress uh, no, like a dresser a tall dresser or anything he would just have a chest um, he would have those plastic drawers so his room was like it needed to be completely safe because he was getting aggressive more aggressive by the time so plushies were replaced with toys um, and that was his safe room every time he would have a huge tantrum at home I would place him in his room I would have to lock the door and just talk to him through the door oh until he calmed down so it was extremely hard I would cry and would just just cry and, and that was the best thing I could do so he didn't see me being weak behind the door and uh, I'm getting emotional I <laughs> um, know but, <laughs> but that, that, was, that was the hardest part because you have to guide him through and just having my back to, the, to his door and he will be kicking the door and kicking the door and screaming and screaming and screaming and you can't do anything you have to just just use convoices and it's okay it's okay you know just try to call him down through the door because I couldn't be near him when he was like that he would definitely hurt me and we were not at that point where he was learning how not to hurt somebody else so it's definitely not easy um, but the behavioral um, therapies were the best for him because he was there are different kinds in the spectrum and he was the aggressive one um, he was extremely aggressive and after years I'm telling you now after years I think I will I, I definitely have a little bit of PTSD because I cannot tolerate screaming at home I can't I can't I, I prefer to talk I I get it gets me really nervous every time my husband raises his voice or my son raises his voice I get really bad and and it's because probably because of that because I, I had to listen to a lot of screaming every single day that just listening to screaming now it just gets me over the edge so it's a <laughs> it's a constant it's a constant work it's a constant work yeah, with him and, and yourself and, and the family um, to it. And you're using the word was. So that means he's not as, a, he doesn't have the meltdowns as much as he used to because of the behavioral and things. As a parent, seeing your kid doing there and you feel helpless at the end of the day with, with all of that. But that helpless feeling that you have is also your strength. 
because you you sticked with it. You you helped them continue on over. And I, I'm now like, don't get emotional because I'm hearing your story and then I'm remembering like my best friend and, and everything. And she's a single mom and she's gone through all these things and, and to you <laughs> it's, it's yeah it's it's hard talking and, and remembering because there were times um i don't i'm about to tell you something i'm not proud of that moment but i think that was the moment what i learned the most um i obviously have to go to through antidepressants because i got really depressed um and you know stoves don't help very much um they get you sleepy and they just take your energy away so much and i was having one of those days where i just could not keep my eyes open i was completely just uh zombied out how you yeah zombied out i i wasn't there and my son um, was having one of those days where he was all out. I don't know what was happening to him. I don't know what he wanted. So he, I like, I tried my best to kind of ignore him, but it just didn't work. And it was at that moment where he was on his high chair and he was eating something and then all of a sudden a full on tantrum. I got scared what was happening and he was just I guess he was done eating, <laughs> and, but I guess I, I tried to um, give him a drink and give him everything in front of, of his high chair. I threw his plate, I threw his high chair, I threw everything across the room. When I, when I opened my eyes, I was completely horrified. I saw food on the wall and my son in a corner crying, looking at me. I can, I, it's, it's, it's hard to forgive yourself for moments like that where you just have to see you in such a vulnerable state but I think that was a moment where I said what am I doing what am I doing he needs me more than I need anything else and it was at that moment when I decided you know what I'm just gonna stop my antidepressants and I'm gonna work on myself separately from what I'm working with him and I cannot let him see me do that ever again because it was just not a good picture i i saw myself in very very dark places trying to to find myself trying to find a happy medium where i could help him and and find help for myself as well because i was drowning my husband was always working he he was active and he was always working he was always somewhere and i didn't have absolutely anybody so it was at that moment where I said, I need to help myself because I know that I'm here alone and I had to pull myself together and I had to find other ways to treat my mental health rather than just slipping it off with antidepressants. That's why I'm a, it's not that I health not, but I don't believe much in conventional medicine. If you, if you, if you can't help yourself go through things, if you can get yourself be healthier and not use drugs to get you through it, then do it. Because um, you you don't know who else needs you. So I guess 
you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those no. those were very hard moments. I appreciate you bringing that story and, and that honesty, and it's extremely difficult because it, it puts you in a vulnerable stage. Um, but I, I also feel with your story and you letting that out, many other moms that have gone through what you have gone through and continue on going through will identify with that exact moment. I've been through a lot of depressing moments, very dark moments in my life, and I totally agree with the antidepressants. They, I don't think they make you anti, they make you angry, angry, mm -hmm. frustrated, and it's supposed to put you in a better mood, but it doesn't, it changes you completely. And I noticed that change as soon as I had started taking those pills and I had to stop them as soon as I had a huge outrage occur to me that usually yeah. wouldn't happen if I wasn't on that. Um, and, and doctors are so quick to prescribe, 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 but they don't really try to find the natural form on how to to do that like eat an orange you sleepy eat an orange it gives you more energy <laughs> um things things like that um coffee something you know any anything along those lines but it, it's definitely something that you have to take care of yourself and that's one thing that i believe as me going through postpartum and that's a whole nother topic um in order for you to take care of your family you have to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself you can't take care of others and that's mm -hmm. definitely like the an important thing um to do there um, that that also kind of like leads me to to another question of you know children in the spectrum in the autism spectrum you you hear so many things like oh he'll be fine or, or like little comments and, and and quotes like we all have a little bit of autism parents do tend to get offended by certain things like what are some things that you say that people that don't have autism or don't have a family member that has autism what shouldn't you say to those family like what are trigger points as i bring my son onto the screen <laughs> <laughs> well i was told one time um oh i feel so sorry for you i'm like what that led me to write <laughs> people are so ignorant um i i wrote a piece for uh, military spouses network and it was about how autism saved me because i i say if it wasn't for my son's diagnosis I wouldn't be the person that I am today. My mindset would have been completely different. Today, I try to play some kid. <laughs> Ignore him. <laughs> no, you're fine. He was like listening so attentively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, very attentive. <laughs> um, I would, I, I would never have the mindset that I have now because today. I rub myself with butter every morning and just ignore every ignorant comment because you have to take things depending from where they're coming. And if they're coming from an ignorant person, <laughs> I don't know what to say, honestly. <laughs> just, it, 
stupid. You you just can't. And <laughs> even if you try to, <laughs> even if you try to explain something to a stupid person, to stupid comments, it's just not gonna get you. So you're wasting your time there. Just don't. I'm I'm not a person that I like to bring awareness. Wanted or not, I like to bring awareness. I don't try to argue with you and like, I want you to see my point. Well, if you don't see it, that's your problem. I, I, I can't do anything for you. Yeah. Um, because at the beginning, I did kind of get a little bit apologetic. Like, oh no, um, oh yeah, that's one thing that moms need to stop doing. Oh no, he's autistic, I'm sorry. Oh no, no, she's autistic, I'm sorry. Oh no, he's doing that because he's autistic. Uh, no, don't apologize for that. Don't apologize. Um, he did something, we'll fix it. We'll, we'll try to, to, to address it with our child. You don't have to apologize with anybody else. If they ask out of curiosity, then yeah, you can say, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's diagnosed with autism and that's it. You don't have to apologize. Just, the, autism is not a disorder that you have to apologize for. Um, they didn't ask for it. We didn't put it in them. With you know, it's not something that we have to apologize for. That so we have to stop the apologizing for every time they they throw a tantrum here or something like that. Like if you're in the line and your child is throwing a tantrum, just finish your groceries. You don't have to apologize for everyone. I know people will look at you and will judge you because they don't know. But you have to take it from where, you know, depending where it's coming from. If somebody is um, knowledgeable enough to see a child that has, gone, that, that has a problem and understands what you're going through, we're not going to judge you. Like, for example, my daughter goes to a gymnastic, to gymnastic class and they have a child in the spectrum there. I recognize the sign. I know the signs. So every time he's screaming around, I don't have to get scared. I don't have to get spooked. I don't have to get surprised or look at him like, oh, why is this child doing this and doing that? Like, ooh, can you control your child, please? Like, no, I understand what he's going through. He's happy he's there. That's why he's jumping up and down and screaming and just bursting out of laugh out of nowhere. I understand what's going on. I don't have to judge. So, um, that and what was the other thing that I was going to say? Um, Mom brain is yeah. a real thing for those that don't think it is. It's very true. <laughs> um, so yeah, don't apologize. And um, things that you shouldn't say, it's like, don't feel sorry for us. Just don't feel sorry for us. Another thing is don't try to ask why or this make a stupid question did you shall get autism because of a vaccine i heard that so many times <laughs> come on it's like i i go into instant kill bill every time i get that <laughs> app, that question like i literally just want to murder that person like how can you be so stupid but i always call myself with ignorance they're just ignorant of the subject don't 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 go in there don't go there don't go and down to their level no no this is 
that's why I I say this changes you so much because you stop being sensitive for stupid things like that. Like you stop being sensitive for stupid things like that. If there's a stupid comment, that's why my mom is like, I don't know how you get things so relaxed. And I'm like, I have to. I have to because it's my mental health who's gonna get um, affected yeah. if I start to pay attention to what stupid people say. Like I to me, can't... or is it gonna be you type of thing? And I'm gonna take care of me first. Yeah. Of course, of course. And um, maybe some other moms will approach it some other way. Uh, maybe they have some smarter words to say. But my English is very basic, so <laughs> I, I can't. It's great. I it's perfect. <laughs> Thank you. But you know, I don't have that that vocabulary to kind of insult somebody in a. <laughs> In a, in a very I call, sophisticated I call them way. Corp, I call them corporate clapbacks. Like, you know, like, <laughs> per, as per my email, like, type of thing, come back. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how to insult you in a very sophisticated way. I would probably just say a bad word if I'm really, really pissed off and just move on. You know, you get either no answer or a pretty bad answer for myself. You can't have the medium part <laughs> like I can get it through <laughs> writing but through talking I just can't because I didn't have the vocabulary to kind of insult you um, in a very sophisticated way so I would probably just ignore you and probably just wait until the, the worst load <laughs> in my <laughs> head like what can I say to this person but I always take stupid comments as a opportunity to teach other yeah. person uh, so If that person is coming to you with a stupid question, it's, it's most likely because they're ignorant about a subject. Now, if after you try to educate the person, that person Continue. still chooses, mm -hmm. yeah, still chooses to continue to, to say those ignorant um, remarks, then just move on because there's no point. There's no point. So we are definitely wasting our time every time we go into a... Um, argument with somebody that has no experience whatsoever with what autism is. So things that you shouldn't say to an autism, just ask instead of just assuming. You can ask. We have no problem telling you, yeah, my child has autism. Um, yeah, he's five and can still and can, can speak. Um, we're going through it and, and that's fine, you know. Um, but don't just assume, oh, your child is like that because, because it doesn't matter if your child has autism or not, people will definitely get in your business of parenting all the time. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. You can't, like, I, I, I go to Target, that's, that's my favorite place to go to. Um, and I have him and then I go past the section and he wants something and he's crying. I'm not going to give it to him. I'm going to let him cry. And people are staring at you and I'm going to say this, the Karens. Not all Karens, but the Karens <laughs> um, be out there judging you like if you weren't a mom or a parent and your child never cried. It happens. They're children. They're gonna cry when they don't get things. And and that goes for anything spectrum or on not on the spectrum. Kids are gonna exactly. cry when you don't give them what they want. And um, I think with it, this conversation also is coming kind to bring it to light. Like staring. Stop <laughs> judging. Like 
you if you're a parent you went through it your kids are like 20 30 years old don't tell me they never cry when you went to the store <laughs> exactly so yeah i i totally get it um so last but not least this question is any last words that you want to tell this community that we're trying to build on how to help in the autism spectrum what what can we do acceptance acceptance is is very important and just i i wish i wish new things weren't so scary to other people i wish our nature um wasn't this um instantly survival like you knew it's like the movie the crews like oh you have to kill everything that's new their reaction is so up to date today where they're scared of everything that's new and even if it's not new just because it's not normal you don't have to react a certain way where the other person feels rejected i wish people would have more of a curious mind than a judging one i wish people will ask more questions than come with conclusions more often I think that will get stigma of new things out of the window. Um you see generation change, technology changes, a lot of things changes, changes. There's so many things that we are doing today that it wouldn't work back then. So we can definitely not approach the same way we approach kids when we were our kids. that our kids today the kids yeah. today are very prone to technology when we were kids we were very prone to rocks and dirt yeah. so it it's <laughs> yeah you know it's not no it's not it's not the same so we have to stop approaching kids as if they are one model like you have a baby this is exactly what they are their own individual the only thing Gordon you have to feed them take care of them protect them while they discover who they are because right now um and it's, it's not just with uh, spectrum now it's with every child like everybody's trying to be in the business of kids and and expecting so much of them you know this this pandemic has hurt a lot of kids that are not in the spectrum they're still requires so much of them and we forget that they are humans too and my son who has who is in the spectrum um he dealt differently to how my daughter dealt with with the pandemic and being at home all day he's more vocal about how he's feeling my daughter she's not she when she i think she got lost in discovering who she was and my son got really depressed two different reactions two different reactions from what's happening and i just i just think that people should definitely not be drawn to conclusions and just ask more questions just be curious what the other person is going through instead of just going through the conclusion oh well that's because this that's because this and that that just makes you a judgy person yeah you know So enough judgment yeah, in this world. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. And and honestly, if you think 
right now when you're dealing with a child with in the spectrum social media is probably the worst because people uh, they hide behind a screen to tell the most horrible things you have to toughen up and just rub butter in your skin every morning just let everything slide <laughs> let everything slide <laughs> because if you're worried about what people say or what they're gonna say you're gonna stop living life there's so much pressure like don't put pressure on yourself your son your daughter needs you and you yeah. need yourself you know like stop thinking about what they're gonna say or if your if your child is happy going to the store with a Toy Story hat, let it go to the store with a Toy Story hat. If your yeah. child wants to wear a tutu to the store, let it wear a tutu. You know, sometimes these kids are so fixated with one thing that just let it be. Let it be. I was criticized because my kids were still on the on the blinky for probably he was three years old. And he was still with the blinky, and I was criticized. I'm like, yeah, you want to take it off, and you want to take care of what's happening next? Because I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. So if you're not gonna deal with it, then just let me be. You know, yeah. let let me figure things out, and let me deal with my child yeah. as I see it fit. Because yeah. nobody, everybody tells you how to live your life. But yeah, are you gonna cover the cost? Are you gonna deal mm -hmm. with us with everything? No, they're not. So just trust it. And it doesn't matter because sometimes it's family, the ones that you know how many times my dad told me, he's not autistic. Oh no, he's not. That's part of the age. Or like, no, no, he's not. And I'm like, no, dad, he can't speak. Like you yeah. don't understand. And it wasn't until years and years after that he finally saw my son. And I looked him in the eye and I told him, this is autism. And he was like so quiet and he never ever told me he wasn't. After that, he just never judged anything. Never touched, yeah, touched based on that. Yeah, yeah it's, it is. It's, it's crazy. Motherhood is insane spectrum or not in the spectrum it's like i feel like it's a point that we're always constantly being judged or trying to be held to a certain standard we're like the, we're not the 1950 1960 moms like it, times have completely changed and also i feel like when you do become a mom like you said like you change yourself and you have no idea how it ends up changing you as you see right now craziness <laughs> but I used to be like, why are they swerving in front of me? Do they not know how to drive? And now I'm a mom, I'm driving. I swear because I'm try trying to call my kid that's crying in the back. So now when I see somebody swerving, I'm like, oh my gosh, is it a mom that's struggling right now? Is her, her kid's probably going off the rails crying right now. And now you have no idea what's going on and that's a, so you do start to judge less you start putting yourself like in other people's shoes like oh man this could be happening because this happened to me uh um things like that but i feel we tend to forget that we're all humans mm -hmm. that we all go through things and if we need to start changing our mentality and i feel like this is one of the steps that we're doing by bringing these stories to to life because i don't feel like there's a lot of representation in motherhood and culturally and this is one step also that we're doing to bring out that representation from from both sides um yeah so i wanna thank you for sharing your personal story 
your journey, your your tips, and you're genuine behind everything and all. And, and I I appreciate it so much. Thank you. You're welcome. It, it was a pleasure getting to know you a little bit more and, and interviewing you. Um, but that's it for Moms and Margaritas. Episode one is done. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and hope to see you guys on the next episode.